This is not your century. This is Not Your Century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. You've got to be pretty bold to stand up to the Pope. Well, Teddy Roosevelt was pretty bold. April 4th, 1910. The former president's requested audience with Pope Pius X was canceled because he refused to submit to the pontiff's conditions. Roosevelt had been out of office for a year and he was on a tour of North Africa and Europe. He'd wired Rome to request audiences in April with King Victor Emmanuel of Italy and with the Pope. The visit with the king was quickly arranged, but a negotiation began between the former president and the Vatican, telegrams going back and forth over several days. The Pope's secretary wired this. The Holy Father will be delighted to grant an audience to Mr. Roosevelt on April 5th and hopes that nothing will arise to prevent it, such as the much-regretted incident which made the reception of Mr. Fairbanks impossible. Mr. Fairbanks was Charles Fairbanks, a former Indiana senator who had been Roosevelt's vice president during his second term. Fairbanks had met with some Methodist missionaries in Rome, after which the Vatican had canceled his planned audience with the Pope. Roosevelt was a religious man. He was a lifelong member of the Dutch Reformed Church. He often attended Episcopal services when he didn't live near an actual Dutch Reformed Church. Other than his meeting with the king, T.R. had made no plans for his stop in Rome. He had no meeting scheduled with Methodist missionaries or anyone else. But Teddy Roosevelt was the former president of the United States. He wasn't going to submit to any conditions before being granted a meeting, not by the Pope, not by anyone. He politely made this clear in his next wire. It would be a real pleasure to me to be presented to the Holy Father, for whom I entertain high respect, both personally and as the head of a great church. I fully recognize his entire right to receive or not receive whomever he chooses for any reason that seems good to him. And if he does not receive me, I shall not for a moment question the propriety of his action. On the other hand, I, in my turn, decline to make any stipulations or submit to any conditions which in any way would limit my freedom of conduct. I trust on April 5th he will find it convenient to receive me. Pius X did not find it convenient and the meeting never happened. Roosevelt was anxious for the incident not to become, well, an international incident. He didn't want Catholics back home to take offense. In a statement, he said he was sure that the great majority of his fellow citizens, Catholics as well as Protestants, he didn't name any other religions, would agree that he acted in the only way possible for an American to act. I most earnestly hope that the incident will be treated in a matter-of-course way, as merely personal, and above all, as not warranting the slightest exhibition of rancor or bitterness. Roosevelt continued his tour, returning to the U.S. in the summer of 1910. Shortly after that return, he began battling his successor, President William Howard Taft, who he had once seen as a younger version of himself. Roosevelt thought Taft had abandoned progressive principles, and he eventually sought the Republican presidential nomination in 1912. When Taft fought him off, Roosevelt led the ticket of a third party, the Progressives popularly known as the Bull Moose Party after a favorite saying of T.R.'s. During that campaign, Roosevelt was shot in the chest, but he was saved by his own speech. The written version, 50 pages and folded in half, 
was in his jacket pocket, and it was so thick it slowed the bullet down. Roosevelt was hit, but not badly hurt. He went ahead with his speech. With blood seeping through his shirt, he began, Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know whether you fully understand that I have just been shot, but it takes more than that to kill a bull moose. Roosevelt got more votes than Taft, but the split Republican vote gave the election to Woodrow Wilson. Roosevelt died in his sleep at the age of 60 on January 5, 1919. Remember Thomas Marshall? We talked about him a few weeks ago. He was Wilson's vice president. He's the guy who said that what this country needs is a good five-cent cigar. When Roosevelt died, he said, Death had to take Roosevelt sleeping, for if he had been awake, there would have been a fight. If you're wondering how I got that clear sound of Teddy Roosevelt from 1910 and 1912, well, that wasn't really TR. It was Jason Pfeiffer. He's the host of a history podcast that I think you'll like. It's called Pessimist's Archive. It's a look back at different innovations. And even though we now think of these things as commonplace, when they first came along, people were freaking out about them. The telegraph, the chain store, Walkman's, coffee, dancing. Someone out there, sometimes a lot of people, were thinking that these things were going to be the end of Western civilization or whatever. It's hilarious. It's educational. I just learned that pinball machines were illegal in Oakland until like five years ago. I mean, I lived in Oakland. And it might make you think differently about resistance to new things today. So it's called Pessimist Archive. It's hosted by Jason Pfeiffer, ace Teddy Roosevelt impersonator. And he, by the way, has a side gig as the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Pessimist Archive. Thanks, Jason, and thanks also to the Theodore Roosevelt Center at Dickinson State University in North Dakota for helping me with some research on this episode. You can visit their website. I'm going to give you the URL in a second, and it is a goldmine of Teddy Roosevelt information. Here comes the URL. It's theodoreroosevelt.center.org. Not Your Century is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this show, we'd love it if you'd give it a rating and a review. For great journalism today, consider subscribing to the San Francisco Chronicle, which you can do in both paper and digital form by going to sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Historical research by Libby Coleman. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.